here. Uh, we help run the, the kids' church upstairs, so it's great today. I get to kind of, uh, I, put, I put the theme up there, and I'm, I'm preaching down here, so I've kind of like got everything covered. So, like, I'm kind of running everything today, so this is good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really grateful to bring the word today. I, I, I came to Pastor Colin and said, hey, I want to preach. I don't know what about... <laughs> But it was really good. I, I was walking away, and God gave me a, a passage. So it, I've, uh, it's not from me. I can say this is definitely from God, not from me. It was just given to me by God, so I'm really excited. Um, yes, I am an international speaker, uh, as in I'm, I'm not from here. <laughs> um, I am basically here now. This, you know, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm, I've been adopted, right? You know? Yeah, okay, good, good. I'm, I'm hoping that you guys would say yes. All right, good. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana, which is the best state in the U.S., and if you haven't been there before, you need to go there, all right? I just, I, I can't recommend it enough. The best food, I mean, the best people, not the uh, second best people, I don't know. <laughs> it's a close, it's close, it's close. Now, yeah, so Louisiana, write that down. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm continuing the series, Kiss. Keep it simple, saints. It's, I really, really like the, this, this concept because the Christian life is meant to be simple. It's meant to be straightforward. The problem is we tend to add a layer of complexity to it. Um, sometimes it's because we add things from our family, from tradition, even from our own thinking. And sometimes it's because we we don't add something in. We're trying to have a relationship with God, but we're not living the Christian life. Or we're l- trying to live the Christian life without having that relationship with God. But when we cut back the extra things, and when we, you know, when we put those two sides of the Christian life and the relationship with God together, we can live life and, and we can live it to the full. We can see God move in our life and us grow in new and exciting ways. And on that note, I want to begin with a question. Do you want to see God move in your life more than he is now? Yeah? Yeah? Good. I'm, I'm really glad. <laughs> like, that's like the essence of the Christian life. Like, you know, the essence of our faith is to grow closer to God and experience more of him in us, moving through us. So I've got a couple follow-up questions for you. And you can ask yourself, you don't need to answer them out loud. Is God moving in my life? Is he at work in my life, changing me and other people around me, through me? Is the Holy Spirit guiding me every day, prompting me to say things and do things that I wouldn't have done on my own? Now, if you're here today and you've wondered, or maybe you're wondering now, well, why is God not moving in my life like that? Or why does he keep moving in other people's lives and not mine? Well, this is the message for you. I can tell you that God does want to move in your life. He does want to see you change. He doesn't want to leave you where you are. He doesn't want to see you stuck in your own circumstances. He doesn't want to see you going only so far and never deeper. Well, if God wants to move in my life, What's stopping it? What's stopping it from, from me seeing God move? That's a good question. I'm glad you guys asked it. So let's look to the Bible for an answer. 
Um, if you could turn to John chapter 5, verse 2 through 9, it's going to appear. Yes, yes. Um, we'll, we'll read it out. I'm trying to stay out of your way. Um, now, there is in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porticos, and these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in, was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. Immediately the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Right, before we go on further, let's, let's pray. I've got, if you just, uh, could you put your hand on your heart with me? And just say, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would show me what I need to do to have more of you moving in my life. Amen. Now, for a long time, oh, this is the title, by the way, More of God Moving in Me. So there you go. You can title your notes. Now, for a long time, I thought this was just another one of Jesus' miracles, you know, Jesus healing the lame man. We've I'm sure a lot of people have read that. But it's not really that simple. There are many passages in the Bible where Jesus, it says that Jesus healed the sick, plural. But it doesn't say that here. And yet there are many, many sick in this place, many people with illnesses. I mean, as far as we're aware, the only person in this place was healed, that was healed was this man. And a lot of times we, we see Jesus call out especially to someone, like by name, or they tell him, he tells them something about them that he couldn't possibly know. But he doesn't do that here. He only speaks two lines to this, to this man, two lines that he could have said to anyone. They were really generic. And, you know, I like to imagine that he did say them to everyone. Um, you know, the, do you want to get well? Get up, pick up your mat, and follow me, or, and walk. So he, he's... You know, this line, he could have said to anybody that was there, they were all ill. But I, maybe, maybe this is the good story. Maybe um, we get the story of someone who listened to Jesus, who made, the, you know, who made the decision, and maybe the others are still sitting there, you know, after the story ends, wondering when the waters are going to get stirred. So... I just want to start by laying down some facts about, about the paralyzed man in the story. I'm just going to call it the man. So, point number one, he wanted to get well. All right? That seems like a really obvious thing to say, doesn't it? Like, of course he wanted to get well. He's, he's waiting there. But I just want to... He, he's been in that situation for 38 years. Right? He's been disappointed for 38 years watching others get well. That's a lifetime or more for a lot of us here. I mean, if this miracle happened today, it means that he's been waiting since 1982, all right? Now, that was a long time ago. That's a lifetime or more for a lot of us here. So, I mean, let me give you some, some context here. In 1982, 
E.T. was opening in cinemas. All right? So we got E.T. The first CD player was sold in Japan for about $750, something like that was equivalent. So um, Michael Jackson was releasing the album Thriller. Um, the Commodore 64 was the big new thing in computers. I know everyone remembers their Commodore 64, right? You know, it's a big thing, you know. Um, the internet did not exist. Mobile phones were a year away from existing, and Argentina had just invaded the Falkland Islands and then went to war with the UK. So there was, it's a very different world than what we are now. Like, these are the things. <laughs> Some of us might think, oh, well, that was just a couple days ago, really. <laughs> but it was... <laughs> no, but it was, you know, 38 years is not a short time. All right? But... So most people in his situation would have accepted this, accepted their, their illness, and moved on. They try to make the best of it, try to just get along, you know. Um, but there was still some hope in him. Otherwise, why would he be there? Why would he be at this pool waiting? So point number two, he didn't put himself in the best position to get well. Now, I have, I need to do a visual for this because I think it, it kind of undoes what we just said, that he wanted to get well. Um, so can I get um, an assistant, uh, my, my visual assistant, uh, Steve, who I've asked to come up? Uh, so I've got, you know, a nice little uh, image here. You, Steve is going to play my, uh, my paralyzed man. He's going to be the man today. So uh, would you like to... Uh, undo your sleeping bag for me, which I should have done before we started, but that's your job. So I want you to just, you know, settle down, because, you know, you've been here for 38 years. You need to, like, you've probably got used to this. You know, you've got a system going on, I imagine, now. This is kind of your place. Uh, this is your territory now. Like, you're one of the, the people that have been around here. You know, the new guys come, and you're saying, all right, let me just show you the ropes. This is my area. You know, don't touch it. Here, you got a pillow. You need a pillow. Yeah, yeah, just relax. Take it easy, man. So, I mean, you got your radio. You need a radio. You'll put it up. You probably listen to, you know, UCB or Premier Praise. Uh, you know, you've got your coffee, of course. So, you know, you've got some cards in case you're feeling like, you know, but I mean, you want to be topical stuff. So, uh, Pandemic, it's a great board game. <laughs> so, I mean, whatever you want to do, like, there's... You could do a jigsaw if you wanted to. You got plenty of time. So, and some biscuits to go with your coffee or tea, whatever you're drinking. So, you can have one if you really want to. So, you could do. Um, yeah. So, and, and you got him there. So we've got him over there, and here's the pool right here. So he's uh, he's he's here. He's ready. He's got all his stuff he needs. All right. So he's waiting for. I mean, you almost forget what he's waiting for. He's waiting for the stirring of the waters because, remember, the first person who gets in becomes, uh, is well. They get healed. So, so, you know, the angel comes. They start stirring the waters. So, stirring up the waters, you know. Come on, man. I'm healed. Ah. <laughs> oh, what's going on? All right. Well, you know, he's a young one. He could, he'd been here much longer. You have seniority. Um, <laughs> so... I don't know if it's, it might seem obvious here. So he wasn't really in the position to get well. He's, he's kind of made his pallet. He's made his bed. He's got himself comfortable. But the pool's here. 
in mind, if I was him, I mean, I would be right here. I'd probably have, like, you know, my fingers on the edge. As soon as, like, the slightest bubble, I'm like, I got it. <laughs> but he's not like that. Why is he not like that? What's going on? What, what, what is stopping him? Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the stirring of the waters was random. I mean, it was completely random. Like, the, the Bible says that it was, you know, in certain seasons, and I, I looked it up, Israel basically only has two seasons, summer and winter. I don't know if that's the kind of seasons they mentioned, but it could be that maybe it is, and it'll say that's maybe two times a year then. But it says certain seasons, so maybe it skips a few. So they really don't know when this is going to happen. So they really just don't know. So why would you be over there and not by the pool? You know, why would you be hanging out, you know, in your bed when you don't know when that's happening? I mean, it's hor- a horrible situation anyway, because you could be waiting for 365 days a year and still miss it because, you know, you just were away at the wrong time. But the thing is, is he didn't have a lot of control over anything in, in this, when the water will get stirred, when that will happen. But he did have control over one thing, his position. And he was not doing a very good job of that. Why? I mean, it, it, it couldn't be comfortable hanging on the edge of a pool, just, you know, you know, it would be hard to sleep, you know, with the fear of rolling over and then just being in a pool. But, um, but why wouldn't he take that risk for the chance to change his life? So, does anyone know what a portico is? It mentions there's five of them there. Does anyone know what it is? Yeah, yeah. I've got a definition up here. You can put it up. So it's a structure consisting of a roof supported by columns, all right? Really simple. So it says he was under, you know, he's under the portico, all right? It, the, the sad fact is he had set up his bed under there, and he was not willing to move out of it under its safety from the sun and rain in order to experience change in his life. He was at the pool, but he wasn't really at the pool. He was just going through the motions. Does anyone ever feel like that? Like they're just going through the motions, like they're just doing things just because that's what they're supposed to do? Well, that's what he was doing at the moment. So let's move on to point number three. He made excuses as to why he wasn't well. So Jesus asked the man, do you want to get well? And after that last point, you might think Jesus might have asked it sarcastically, like, do you even want to get well? I mean, (laughs) but... You know, Jesus doesn't ask questions because he wants to know our, our, you know, what we're thinking on the subject or what our opinion, what his opinion is. He's not asking us, you know, to hear what we're thinking. He knows what we're thinking. He's God. He asks questions for our benefit. Jesus' ministry was built on questions. I, I found out this. He, he asked 303 questions um, to the 187 he was asked, um, and he only answered three of those. <laughs> But he asked 303 of them. Some of them were, Peter was asked, do you love me? Paul was asked, why are you persecuting me? Who do you say that I am? Do you believe? Why are you afraid? So Jesus asked questions that had implications. He didn't spell it out every time for those, who, um, for those answering because he, they, they had context we didn't have. 
So when Jesus asks this man, do you want to get well? It's because he knows this man has been there for 38 years. He knows that he's no closer to being well and even probably further away because he's kind of drifted back since then to the comfort. Um, He's drifted under the roof um, since then. So he knows that for 38 years, this man is, you know, has really isn't going to get well. So he's asked, do you want to get well in that context? Now, Whatever the case, I mean, this man's answer is telling. He doesn't answer yes or no, even though it's a yes or no question. He says, he gives an excuse. I don't have anyone to help me. Other people keep getting in first. I mean, has anyone else ever been late for something? Like, I've been late. And I'm going to talk about something. When I was in university, I... I, Going back a few years... (laughs) Um, I was late to church for some really poor reasons. Um, I, I, would, I would even get ready to go to church, but I would just get distracted by something. I'd be on the computer, or I'd be playing on a guitar or something, and I just, or just thinking about something, you know, and, you know, whatever, you know, it's like I'm a contemplator, I, I just think. <laughs> um, but I just, I would end up being like half an hour late. And I lived about three minutes drive away from the, from the church. <laughs> like, it... <laughs> But, you know, that whole time, the whole three minutes, I'm, I'm, thinking, about, I'm, I'm thinking about what's my excuse going to be? <laughs> what, what am I going to make excuse? I, like, you know, I can't just say, well, I didn't feel like it. You know, I was playing guitar. You know how it is. Um, or, you know, I got distracted by Wikipedia again. <laughs> um, I mean, I probably gave the excuse. I overslept more times than I can remember. I, I didn't oversleep. You know, I, I'm pretty good at waking up. But it was something that sounded a little bit outside my control. Like, I just couldn't help it. And uh, you know, add a little, I'd add a little flourishes to it, you know, like, well, my alarm didn't go off. Or, well, someone else was supposed to wake me up. I mean, I could add some great flourishes, you know. It, it, it sounds a little bit better than me, you know, than what was really going on in my life at the time. But uh, more on that later. I'm going to go back to my university days in, in a little bit. So the paralyzed man knows that he is not where he should be. He knows that if he answers yes he'll have to answer the next question. Then why aren't you by the pool? So he's prepared his defense, and it's airtight. I mean, he is, you know, he's like, it's not my fault. No one is helping me. Not my friends, not my family, not the government. And it's not my fault. Other people are just in a better position. I mean, you can imagine the arguments continuing because we've, we've probably all made them. I know I have. I don't have enough time. I wasn't ready I don't have enough money, I don't know enough, I don't have the right skills, and then you can turn them into an attack. Well, other people have more money, other people have more time, other people are in a better position to me. They don't have my problems, so it's easy, it's easy for them. I mean, I would be in that pool getting healed, but everyone else is just too far ahead already. Jesus didn't respond to this man's excuses. He didn't need to. Um, the excuses probably sounded good in his head. He'd been probably thinking about them for a long time. But when they were spoken aloud to Jesus, Jesus, who knows his heart and his position, they fell flat. Jesus wasn't worried about this man's external circumstances. He was worried about his heart. Do you want to get well? Do you want to see God move in your life? And the final point is this. Jesus meets the man where he is. Now, this is a promise for all of us today. 
Jesus meets us where we are. You might be in the back of the church, you know, hi everyone back there. (laughs) But God meets you where you are. You might be in a dark place. Jesus will meet you where you are. You might be... um, you might be in the same place you were 38 years ago. Well, Jesus will meet you where you are. Even if it looks like there's no situation, no hope for the situation you're in, Jesus still will meet you where you are. But he doesn't come with a 10-step plan. He doesn't come with a support group or, you know, anything you might expect. You know, that, like, that's what the, the world offers. You know, we've got a book. We've got a book for it. But Jesus comes with a command. He says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now, many people get offended at that statement. Could you imagine if if you went and told someone in a a sick bay to get up, pick up your bed, and walk? It it wouldn't go over well, but Jesus does it. I mean, how? don't you see my situation? How could I get up? Nevertheless, get up, pick up your bed, and walk. I mean, this is crazy. How could a paralyzed man who was paralyzed for 38 years obey Jesus' command? It's impossible. But this man tried anyway. You see, something must have switched on in his brain right there at that moment. Maybe he'd heard of Jesus. Maybe he had heard that he had the power to heal. Maybe he was just willing to try anything because doing his own thing had left him in the same situation for 38 years. And then and there, he was healed. He obeys, and everything changes. So I have a question for everyone here. Do you want to see God move in your life? Good. (laughs) You may think it's a silly question, like, you know, I'm at church. You know, I'm here. I want, of course I want to see God move in your life, but you know, just like we saw, you can be at church, but then you can really be at church. Just like you can be at the pool, but not really be at the pool. So we don't want to go through the motions. So the people at the pool, they waited for something that may never come. They, maybe it was, you know, we can sometimes do that too. Maybe we're doing that today. We're maybe waiting for the fire of God to fall and everyone to be changed in front of our very eyes. Or maybe we're waiting for a feeling of God's presence. Or maybe we're waiting to hear God's voice or someone to give us a title or to tell us, now's the time. I mean, we could say that, now's the time. <laughs> but, I mean, I can't tell you if any, or if any of those things are going to happen. But I can tell you Jesus is here. And he's been here since the beginning. And he is calling us to get up, to pick up our mat, and walk. He isn't bothered by the reasons we give as to why we can't do that. If we obey, he will change every situation. And it's only when we obey, despite our circumstances, that God's power can show up. But what does that mean in my life, to get up, to pick up my mat and walk? I think for, for us, it means taking a look at what God has called us to do and just doing it in the confidence that God will give us the power to do it. So back to my university days. I, this was about 15 years ago. Um, I had enrolled in Southeastern Louisiana University, um, which is in the state, surprisingly. Um, it's in my hometown, and I had made a plan. I'd be there for one year, um, and then I would transfer somewhere else. You can do that in the States much easier than here. Um, 
Yes. Well, fast forward three years, and I was still there, and my life had gone downhill pretty quickly. I was depressed. I was stuck in a rut.、Um, my I, I, my relationship with God was was just not there. It was I, I, it was like I was blocked off from Him.、Um, I mean, I just my my grades were suffering. I, I just didn't go to class for some day on some days. I mean, it was not a good situation. And I remember the, the I remember this moment really clear. I was walking to、um, to class、um, for once, and I remember they had pine trees like this around in in the the area I was walking, and I I just kind of looked up and I said, God, am I supposed to be here? And it was a, it was the most clear answer I could ever have had was, no. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, but it was like it was like a release, like a, you know, I, I was like, oh, of course, like oh, okay, like how, how did I not see this? But like the lights just came on. Now I knew exactly then there I, I had to withdraw from university. I had to withdraw from this term. I had to I had to get out. So the next day, I, I I went to withdraw. My my parents weren't too happy about it. They were like, you know, you're supposed to finish university. That's what you do. You know, you're pretty close.、Um, I don't know if I'd ever finished if I'd kept going. But but you know, I, I you know, you should finish what you start. That that's another you know good advice my parents gave me. But that wasn't what God was asking me to do right then. He was telling me I need to be out of there.、Um, I had to. I had to go to the campus, and this is a big campus. Like it crosses over a main highway. You have to go from both sides, and I had to get、uh, this this piece of paper signed by by five members of of, of like this this group.、Um, and they're they're not in just like one little location where you could go here, sign it, sign it, sign it, sign it. I remember having to walk. I had to trek across, back and forth across this place. I had to get turn my books in. I had to pay some kind of fee. But this whole time, all this bureaucracy, all this red tape that was meant to keep people in university, which you know. Because you're supposed to finish.、Um, that's not an excuse for anyone, you know. Unless you hear from God, don't <laughs> don't withdraw from university. You know, you need to hear from God from it. But but I knew for me that at that moment I was supposed to withdraw, and I did. I felt the peace of God. I just felt like through all this, I was like, I've got God's peace. I know what I'm supposed to do. You know, this is what I'm doing. I'm picking up my mat. I'm I'm you know, and I'm walking. I'm I'm starting to do this and. You know, I just knew I had the peace of God. I felt that the like, so that wall was gone. And three months later,、uh, the Daniel Challenge group, which was、um, let's see, Paul, Lily, James in that group,、uh, Dave Shearer. So we,、uh, you know, and there was a couple other people from down south. But it was、uh, they came, and I was. It was just like God was in. The, like you know, if I hadn't have made that decision then and there, I wouldn't be an opportunity to come here. Like I, I, you know, I would have ties there. I would have, but but because I withdrew, because I obeyed God and did what He said, I had a, a new opportunity in a new and exciting way to do life. And now I'm here, and I have, you know, a wife and and three children, and I get to preach in front of you guys. So it's amazing. So、um, when you obey God, when you choose to do what He's asking you to do, I mean, who knows what He's going to change? It didn't happen immediately. I didn't go, you know, oh, I made this decision. And now here's all these opportunities flooding. It took three months, you know, but it will happen. So, what is it that God is asking you? What if it? What is that part of your life that just hasn't changed, that stayed the same, that's been paralyzed for however long? What is it? 
Because that's the part that God wants to change. That's the part that God wants to do something. But we have to say yes to him first. God will move. He is just looking for a willing heart. Someone who is done trying out every other option and is ready to follow him. And this isn't just for a few people. This is for everyone. This isn't just for those who already have things in the right you know, order or who are in better circumstances than you or people who are born to the right family or grew up in a Christian home. You know, This is for everyone. Everyone who believes in Jesus has this opportunity to get up, pick up our mat, and follow him and see great things in our life. And, you know, it may not be the easiest thing in the world, okay? It may mean that you move out of some comfort, you know, like the, you know, the, the guy was in some comfort under the roof. But you know what? It means that you can be free. It means for the chance for your life to change. It means for, you know, the removal of, you know, the spiritual paralysis, paralysis on you. <laughs> so, and, hey, if you are physically ill or you have some condition that... Um, that you feel like is holding you back and that, you know, that's the reason why you can't do what God's asking you to do, well, God can heal that when you obey too. You know, this, this man is proof of it, that when he obeyed, God changed everything. So if you want to be that person, if you want to be a person who says yes to God, yes, I'm going to pick up my mat, I'm going to walk, I'm going to follow God, you know, if that's you, would you, would you stand today? This is a, 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 you know, this isn't a. You can move those back. <laughs> this isn't a, a small um, decision. This is a, a thing. This is, you know, this is you saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna step up and I'm gonna do what God's asking me to do." That's a big thing. So, you can look to the people to the left or your right of you and and just recognize them that you're each other's witnesses. All right, that you're making a decision today. Don't make it, you know, just today and forget about it tomorrow. Don't make it lightly. Just, if you make this decision, there's, you know, don't turn around and go back to the same things. Because God will change you. God will bring change in your life when you make this decision. I want to pray for you today. Thank you, God, that you keep your promises, that you meet us where we are. Thank you that those men and women who've decided to obey your word, to get up, to pick up their mat and follow you, are going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, by your power, to live a better life for you. A life obeying your word, sharing your love, and teaching others what you have taught us. Thank you that you'll break through every family situation every work situation, every health situation, and every financial situation as we obey. Amen. Now, maybe you've never responded to Jesus' call before today. He's calling you today. Do you want to get well? You don't have to wait for a feeling or a spectacle before making your answer. Jesus is saying that he can remove everything hindering you from following him. You just have to say yes to to his call to pick up your mat and walk. And if that's you, you can say this prayer with me. 
Thank you, God, that you meet me where I am. Thank you for sending Jesus to the world to take away my sin and shame. I choose to follow you, to give you control of my life so that I can experience life to the full. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, you've made the best decision you could ever make in your life. And we wanna encourage you and help you. So if you prayed that prayer and really meant it, could you put your hand up? And one of us can talk to you after the meeting and see how we can help you. guys. I pray that you do get up and pick up your mat and follow him.